It's championship week NFC version this time around. Our first preview of an NFC title game. Welcome to the illusion of complexity. Zach, stop making that stupid face. Hit it. This team loves to win ugly. Winning ugly gets you to this point. Takes the snap on third down. Rodgers waits, throws, right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. This is going to be a good week for the Green Bay Packers. Getting a chance to move on. One more to go. We'll talk to you next week. One more to go, indeed. The Green Bay Packers are in the NFC Championship game. It is at... Lambeau Field. It is against Thomas Edward Brady Jr., my mother's favorite quarterback and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, for those of you that are unaware of that joke, I will help you. My mom has a different middle name for Brady than Edward. And uh, let's just say it starts with F and I'll let you guys kind of figure it out from there. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. This is the Illusion of Complexity. I'm Jacob Westendorf. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf, and I am live in the Game On Wisconsin studios here with two of my fit, well, one of my favorite people, Anna Zachary. And I'll start with him. Zach Jacobson is here with me on the show. And Zach, I got to tell you, the clip from last week's show where you just sound so disappointed in me during the In and Out Burger segment has given me life. I cannot stop listening to it. I showed it to like three people at work and they all thought it was hilarious too, which means either I work with a bunch of freakos or they're just being nice. One of the two, but welcome. How are you feeling? Well, Jake, I'm glad people are finally uh, seeing your true colors. Uh, but that, no, that was the perfect, that, that one single clip was the perfect uh, embodiment of how, how I feel about you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Jacob. I, I love you, Aaron. I love you. And for the record, I wasn't making a face. That's just how I look. I, you know, I can't, I can't help that. I came out of the womb looking like that, uh, but I'm good. I'm, I'm getting ready for a, a a championship game here in California. It's 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 windy here, so it's really 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 windy. I have no idea why, but out of nowhere, it's windy. You keep that wind the hell out of Wisconsin, please and thank you. Because if there is a kryptonite for this Packers offense, I guess it appears to be the wind. Uh, kryptonite for this show, there isn't one. Uh, but if we have a Wonder Woman, it is Aaron Alice. Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? Good. Um, kind of getting over the hump of a near sinus infection, but you know, feeling a lot better. Why did you give me that look? I don't know. I thought I was going to use the phrasing. Uh, no, that's a, that's actual euphemism. So <laughs> there are plenty of euphemisms, but you know, whatever, go on. Anyways. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, you know, there's nothing going on, nothing to report. How are you? I'm good. It's championship week. Uh, I was talking to my wife last night and as I learned last night, uh, sources say that Jason Perrone will be flying into green Bay from Arizona. And I told my wife that, and she was kind of like, why? And you guys got to remember my wife, this is like her fourth football season where she's understood anything about what's going on. But I started to explaining, I started explaining to her that this game's at Lambeau and how special that is and just what that meant in 1996 and how rare these opportunities are and just what that atmosphere could be like if they do in fact win and get a chance to go to the Super Bowl and just how he wanted to be around it. And I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that I get to be around it and how everything like that is going to go. And 
I'm excited. It's, it's a big opportunity for this team. Uh, the way that I feel about this game going into it, I walked out of work Monday and I was, I, my last conversation before I left work was I was talking to a guy about the Rams game a little bit and how the AFC game would go and the NFC game. And I was, he's like, you guys got a tough one. I said, yeah, it's Tom Brady, but that'll just make it so much sweeter if we win. And then I just kind of smiled and I, I talk to myself sometimes and it's kind of weird and makes people look at me funny sometimes, but that's okay. Uh, but I said, this has got to be the year, doesn't it? And it just feels like that's the case that this is the team and this is the year. And I'm not talking myself into a team of destiny kind of feeling. Aaron, we've talked a little bit about some of this stuff before. How do you feel about this team about after shellacking the Los Angeles Rams in a game where that wasn't even an A game, honestly, I think from the Packers. I think their offense handed in a pretty solid B to B plus kind of performance. I I agree. Like it didn't feel like um just an in like their best game, which it's just so exciting, which I have kind of said all year, and I feel like that's kind of my key to the game this weekend is they need to not shoot themselves in the foot. I feel like that is usually when they struggle is it's their own issues. It's not necessarily anything that the other team is doing. I mean, sure there's factors, but it feels like there's, you know, like the fumble at the end of the Colts game and and things like that, where it's like that could, they could have, you know, just, just mistakes that are happening. And, um, you know, a pick six, that's not something Rogers normally does, you know, against the Bucks. So it just feels like there's been a lot of, you know, shooting themselves in the foot and, uh, yeah, it's it's weird because I'm normally a pretty like a realist when it comes to the Packers. And this season I've been really, really optimistic, which is a little nerve wracking because I'm like, oh, my God, this is like setting myself up for heartbreak. But I don't feel like it's going to lead there. It's just it's it's a really good feeling. It's been a while since I felt this good about a Packers team. Zach, let me get to that point a little bit. What are your thoughts on people maybe bracing themselves for heartbreak and trying not to believe in this team, living in fear of success? Do you think that robs people of the joy that they could feel when this team wins? Well, I think even outside of football, you just, you naturally, you live in fear. You don't enjoy the moment. You don't, you don't enjoy life. And I don't mean to get like philosophical with it or anything like that, but. It's okay. I asked you to. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but it's true. And that, you know, specifically pertaining to the Packers, if you don't enjoy what's happening in front of you, even if they do, I mean, I'm not going to speak it into, you know, into existence, but it's, it's a potential reality that we face. Even if they do fall to the Buccaneers, it was still one hell of a ride this season. They still accomplished so many great things record wise as a team. They you know, they, they they have this incredible foundation in place. I don't know what they're what they're gonna blow up this offseason, you know, with some of the contracts they have right now that that are expiring and you know what their cap situation is, but that's that's so far ahead right now. And you just have to enjoy what's happening. You know, I mean, this team went back to back years. You know, Matt LaFleur, he's doing he's doing ridiculous things as a head coach, things that very few coaches throughout the league's history. Have done. You can't. You can't live in fear. You can't live with your tail tucked between your legs, and you know, think of what could possibly happen. Just enjoy the ride. You know, that's that's really my best recommendation for 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 anybody, for the the pessimists, the optimists, everybody, no matter what side of the spectrum you're on. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. You know, ride the wave a little bit, and I understand. You know, wanting to be quote unquote realistic, not seen as a homer. You know, whatever, but. 
the other thought that I kind of have is what's the point of being a fan if you're not going to believe? And if there's anything this team has given you this season is a reason to believe in them. And they are, Zach, like you mentioned, they're special. You mentioned they've gone back-to-back 13-3s. and threes. Last year was special, but it was for different reasons. They found ways to win, probably won more games than they should have. All that kind of got to a championship game that they, frankly, if I went back in time, I picked the Packers to win. If I went back in time, I would have never done that. But I did because I believed in what they were doing. And this year, this team's given you every opportunity. They've been dominant from basically wire to wire. They've never had a moment where it was like, oh my God, they're just like eking these things out. You know, if you want to look at a couple games, I guess you could say the Jacksonville game wasn't that pretty. You know, obviously the Minnesota game was a disaster, but that stuff's just going to happen. And every team has games like that. The, the Kansas City Chiefs lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, for example, and that's a team that they beat nine times out of 10. And the Chiefs are a legitimate juggernaut. I mean, if you look at that team, they're 15 and one this season. If they play their, they're 14 and I'll say this, they're 14 and one in games. They play their starters and they were able to close out a playoff game with Chad Henney playing quarterback on Sunday afternoon. So, but even still, every team has games like that. The Buffalo bills who are playing for a chance to go to the super bowl on Sunday have a terrible loss to the Arizona Cardinals. They lost on a hail Mary granted a great individual play by Kyler Murray and Deandre Hopkins, but every team has games like that. I think something we don't notice as a fan base is a lot of us don't watch a lot of other teams play very closely. So we forget when those teams have games like that. And we remember, Oh my God, what happens if they have another game like they did against Indianapolis? And we're not willing to dismiss those games as outliers, which if there's anything that I think you can take from this team, a game where they turn the ball over four times as an outlier, a game where Rogers throws interceptions on two of his you know, next three passes or something like that is an outlier. And that's why I have as much confidence as I do in this game on Sunday. But we will get to that here uh, as we go through everything. Zach, you look like you want to say something. Well, I was just going to kind of piggyback uh, off your point. You can argue that if you don't have, if you don't have games like that, you could argue that the Packers wouldn't be where they are right now because it's it's those clunkers, like it's those games against the Buccaneers. It's that that really shitty game against the Vikings where the win was a huge factor that throws you off. The, the game against the, the Jaguars that you mentioned where they won, sure, but those are the teams, obviously, they show up to play, they get paid too, but those are the teams that you should probably blow out of the, out of the water if you're going to be a great football team, which we've come to see right now that the Packers are a great football team. If those games don't happen, you have nothing to learn from. You can't, you know, you, you got to learn from those losses, and we you could argue the Packers, they have. That's why they are in this position right now, four quarters from a Super Bowl. Yeah, and there's something to be said about being battle-tested. If you go all the way back to the 2011 season, I think, is a really good example. They lost one game to Kansas City, and they had one game that was close against the New York Giants. And then when they hit a little bit of adversity against the Giants in the playoffs, they just simply couldn't recover from that. And they had some really fatal flaws that showed up. Now, I'm not saying Green Bay is going to win this game going away. They may very well lose. Tampa Bay is a very good team. But I don't think this team has the warts that it had in 2019 and 2016 where they were just severely outmatched and it's not like the team in 2014 where they're going to a house of horrors and it's not like the team in 2010 even when they won a championship to where we kind of just wrote you know Aaron Rodgers even said this where they just kind of rode the wave and didn't realize how good they were just yet this team knows how good they are and they know the opportunity that's in front of them and they know everything 
that they have that they're playing for on Sunday afternoon. So let's get into it, guys. It's at Lambeau Field. It's Sunday afternoon, mid-20s, and a chance of snow, about an inch, inch and a half uh, of snow is expected during the game, which is going to make for just a fantastic scene. I am already excited about this. It it really does. It has a chance to be just a special moment in Packers history, considering the opponent. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys, and I posed this question on my Twitter account last night, considering the magnitude of the game, the location of the game, and the opponent, what game is going to be, if Green Bay wins, obviously, that's a huge caveat, what game is going to prove to me more important in terms of the history of the Green Bay Packers? 2011 against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field or 2021 against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Zach, I'll start with you. You know, this is really close because, you know, in that in that 2010 season, you had Aaron Rodgers needing to just get that first ring and establish himself, you know, kind of really, I don't want to say move him out of the shadow of Brett Favre because Brett also finished his career with one ring, but just kind of cement himself in, in, in team history. Just, just get over that hump for the first time. But right now you look at him, he, he's 37. The past decade, they've had so many playoff heartbreakers, so many close calls. He's not getting any younger, like I just said, you know, his age. And it's against Tom Brady. Like, that's that's the biggest kicker here. You have a chance to knock Tom Brady out of the playoffs. The guy who, for the past decade plus, Packer fans. Two decades. Oh, well, I'm, well for, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers' career. Oh, sure. You got, come on, you got to let me finish. For the past nope. decade plus, you have to let <laughs> <laughs> I I, lay, I gave you a perfect layup right there, and you didn't even take advantage of it. I'm not even going to hit the button because you chastised me last week for <laughs> and scolded me. So I am trying to learn and repent from my ways. Jesus is the way. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we're both calling bullshit on that. Get out of get out of here. <laughs> Packer fans have wanted that Packers Patriots matchup in the Super Bowl. This is as close. My my mic just go out. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I'm having issues here. We have wanted that Packers-Patriots matchup in the Super Bowl for the past decade plus. We haven't gotten it. This is the close we're going to get, as close as we're going to get. And I just think it matters more for his legacy. You're gonna, he's going to separate himself from the guys like Trent Dilfer, you know, and Nick Foles, you know, the the legendary quarterbacks that have one Super Bowl ring. It's just you know, getting him that second ring is just. I just I think it's an it's it's an ast- it's an astronomical feat for for his legacy overall. Which no matter what, if he somehow ends his career with one Super Bowl ring, I think no matter what, he's he's the most talented quarterback ever. But you know how you know people and how much they value Super Bowl rings. You you guys both know that. So if he can just get that second ring, we'll play the field from there. Who knows? Maybe he'll end his career with a third. Who knows what could happen? But you know this is this is huge. And also in in his first NFC uh, NFC Championship game at home, I mean, this is the first time in his career that he's he's had that opportunity. You know, you can't you can't squander it. Aaron, what do you think? Zach's picking the Bucks. Yeah, I, that's, that's what I said. Well, Zach's <laughs> picking the Bucks game, I should say. Oh, yeah, it's more right. special. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think I agree. Um, obviously, this is assuming that 
the Packers win on Sunday, that what is more special. And there is like part of me, I mean, as a Chicagoan, it's hard to not pick the win over the bears. Cause that was pretty special from a Chicago cheesehead standpoint. But I just think that, you know, basically agreeing with everything that Zach said about, you know, it being the second ring and, and, and getting to a, a different tier in a lot of, in the, in the minds of a lot of people um, and separating himself from, you know, a lot of, you know, just pushing ahead, I guess, in, in people's minds, even though, as Zach said, like, I think he's like the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's just a little more special and it being at home um, is, is a lot more special and it just feeling like there's something special with this team. Cause I didn't feel that way, you know, in, in 2010, cause we had, there were a lot of injuries and you just weren't feeling you know, he gets the concussion late. Like it, it just didn't feel like, like there, it was fate that we had to be Super Bowl champions. And that's how I felt most of the year that I'm like, this is, this feels like the year. And I didn't feel that way in 2010. Um, so it just feels like this is a lot more special because I think I've appreciated it more because it's felt more realistic this year than it did at that point, you know, with everybody, yeah, I think just with all the injuries and everything, it was like, oh, this is definitely not our year. And then all of a sudden it just kind of happened when everything fell together kind of towards the end of the year. And, and you know, this year it's it's felt complete from start to finish. You guys are nuts. Uh, that's, I mean, this game will be special if Green Bay wins. I will certainly turn into a meatball and hold it over every single Tom Brady mouth breather cultist that has been in my mentions since October. And honestly, before that, if the Packers do happen to win this game, that being said, we're talking about individual legacy. If we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, and obviously the team success will play into this as well, but this game, really the storyline is going to be Aaron Rodgers beats Tom Brady in an NFC championship game. Even if green Bay wins three to nothing and their defense just has this phenomenal game, they're going to talk about the quarterbacks. That's just how it is. That's how we look at things. Let's go back in time to 2010 and remember the season before that where Minnesota is in the NFC championship game with Brett Favre. And then in that season, the following year, they pull him out of retirement to come back and knock the Packers down further. They called themselves the Kings of the North. The division was theirs. Now everything was theirs. Green Bay. Then you go through everything of that season where nobody's underdogs. They don't win their division. They lose out on it to the Chicago Bears because of a stupid game in Chicago where they have 27 penalties or something ridiculous like that. You go through everything from that season, and then the matchup in the championship game is at Soldier Field against your biggest rival in the history, maybe the best biggest rival in the history of the National Football League. Now, I know I've been outspoken very recently in saying that the Packers and the Bears is not a rivalry until further notice. That said, at the time, it certainly was. And that game was for the ultimate bragging rights because anything that the bears say and their fans say from then on, we've got the ultimate one because the one that put the Packers in that put either team into the super bowl, we had a matchup where it was our guys versus your guys at your shitbox stadium to go to the super bowl. And our guys won. And you add in Zach made the point of green Bay establishing themselves, Aaron Rodgers establishing himself as a Super Bowl champion, I'll say this, Green Bay could win the Super Bowl this year and I'll love it. Uh, as they say in Varsity Blues, Billy Bob cries because he's a bit of a crier. I'll cry if they win the Super Bowl 
because I'm a bit of a crier, but it won't be like it was in 2010. And just the sheer elation of knowing no matter what happens from then on out, I will have been able to see my favorite team raise the Lombardi trophy above their head. And they couldn't have done that without beating the Chicago bears. One of the most iconic plays in the history of the franchise comes from that game with BJ Raji getting a pick six and shaking his ass in the shoulder soldier field end zone and knocking out the Chicago bears with all due respect to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the old NFC central rival Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers is more of a media creation. It's not a rivalry. Those two guys are friends. They like each other. They want to beat each other when they're on the field, obviously, but it's not a thing. The Packers and the bears, Aaron Rodgers takes a dig at them. Every chance he gets the bears hate him. Their fans hate him. And can you imagine the shit we would still be taking even despite the dominance over the last decade, two decades, if Chicago had won that game, it's the Chicago game to me. And there's going to have to be a lot that happens. Like the Packers are going to have to overcome like a 28 to three deficit, which I certainly hope is never the case because that's going to be a dark, dark level of depression. If they're down 28 to three at any point during this game, it's a Chicago game to me and it's not particularly close. Oh, go Aaron. Well, I was just going to say the difference is also that wasn't, like air, like I don't think of that as a really great performance by Green Bay. When I think of the playoffs of that year, I think of the Atlanta game, a complete ass kicking. I don't mm-hmm. think of that Bears game as an ass kicking, which is part of the reason. Like I don't think you know Rodgers did not look very good in that game, you know. And I and I think that that partially plays into it. And it's hard to say that because we haven't seen this game. He could play like crap this game, but to me. Like, yeah, who knows? But the, but thinking about it, when I think of the 2010 playoffs, the, the game that encompasses that team to me is the Falcons game. Just a complete underdog going into another team's per, like place and kicking their asses. Well, as they said before the game, Aaron, huh, I believe it was, this may not be their home, but they let the wrong dogs in this fucking house. Right, right. I also, I also do want to say, too, the circumstances are a little different too. That was 2010. Rodgers was in his third season as a starter. He was this young, ascending, otherworldly quarterback. The future was bright. Right now, he's 37. We don't know what the future is going to bring. He has a backup on the roster. Right now, I mean, we don't know if he's ever going to get back to this point again. Again, we have mm-hmm. no idea. Right now, it kind of feels like all or nothing at this point. You know, This could be like a make or break game against the Buccaneers. You know, like, again, we have no idea. So, you know, to be fair, and like you said, there were that, like that BJ Raji pick six, that was one of the most iconic moments in franchise history. It is, it's, un, it's a little unfair right now to ask since the game hasn't been played yet. So we don't know what kind of iconic moments could be provided on Sunday. You know, we have, we have no idea, but yeah, no, like I said, the circumstances were just, were a little different. I agree. It feels, and like I said, this feels like a buildup all season. Like, at some at points in the 2010 season, it felt like there was no way this team was going to be able to overcome everything. And then they did. But this has been a hope since we watched them kick the Vikings asses week one. And it's been like, oh, this team is like on something. And yeah. I didn't feel that way throughout the beginning of the 2010 season. So I'll throw that out there that this has been a huge buildup all season. I would argue it's been building up for years. 
Fair. Because this, my mic keeps like cutting out. It's like really weird, but ignore me. <laughs> this, I mean, like you guys mentioned earlier, like the confidence in this team right now, I have personally, like, no, I haven't felt this in 2019. I didn't feel like this in 2016 going into going into Atlanta. 2014, like Jacob said, that house of horrors going back into Seattle like they did in the regular season opener that year. You know, um, I mean, it's it, it has been years since people have felt this confident about a Packers team, and they've given them all tons of reasons to be confident. So you could say this has been building up for, for years now. And that's certainly fair. So we'll bookmark this conversation and you guys can ask me next week after they win, if I feel like this was better than I will say this. Well, I think it'll depend on if we win the Super Bowl too. That also makes it. Um, yeah, no, I will say this. Mm. I was not in Chicago when they won the NFC championship game. I will be at Lambeau if they win this NFC championship game. And I've already like got it pre-marked like happiest days of my life. 9, 18, 19, 10, 14, 18, 124 2021 like february 6 2011 goes above that but knock that down one more peg like i mean dead serious happiest days of my life if green bay wins is going to be birth of my daughter married my wife packers win the super bowl packers win nfc championship game at home and i'm in attendance and they could win that game against jacksonville i really don't care those kinds of things but the more important question i have for you guys this game's against tampa bay and Tampa Bay is the home of Disney World. So I must ask, Aaron, why is a Goofy movie your favorite Disney movie? <laughs> you knew that I was going to pick it. Oh, that because that's so your good. answer? Yes, it's the best. It's the best. Was that going to be yours? No. No, but it's like the best Disney movie ever. It is so good. It's It's got everything. It's got the parent drama. It's got the romance. It's got uh, the best... Disney soundtrack. I mean, I will forever till the day I die say that it is a travesty that Disney never gave us a full Powerline album. Like that, those two songs that they gave us were banging. So Goofy Movie is the best. It is the best. I will say this. I was going to pick a Goofy Movie and I, <laughs> and I do. I put my daughter to sleep to that movie sometimes. And it's basically solely so I can listen to Max sing that song. Um, but that being said, it's not the one I'm going to pick for purposes of having some differentiation in this case, <laughs> Sorry. but it's, it's, it's a banger and it's one of the few movies that I can like download the soundtrack to and feel great about it. Goofy's hilarious. I always liked him when I was a kid anyways, before the movie existed. <laughs> so you mm -hmm. have that going into it. I'm going to pick the lion King, uh, even though it was like the most depressing movie when you're a kid too. Like every kid cried when Simba like was pushing Mufasa and say, dad, dad, you got to get up. Right. Well, that being said, just the the growth that he has throughout the movie, like I feel like everybody's kind of been through that. The he goes from your destiny was this to you're not he doesn't want to be the king anymore to he runs away from everything. I will say Disney did their best to like ruin that movie with the crappy live action movie that they made. But I whatever. I avoided it intentionally. Don't. I'll just tell you don't. Uh, but the characters, the movie's still really quotable. Timon and Pumbaa are phenomenal. I still know all the words to Hakuna Matata. Simba is just his individual growth as a as a lion is one of my favorite things throughout that movie. Scar is a great villain for those movies. Uh, the Be Prepared song is really good, obviously, which is one of the reasons I don't like it. They shortened that song in the live action movie because of 
basically because of Beyonce or I don't know if I'm just blaming her because of that, but I thought I read that somewhere. Uh, nonetheless, it is my favorite Disney movie and it's very rewatchable and I enjoy it. So Zach, yeah. you were going to pick the Fox I, and the Hound. I will say I wanted to add, I wanted to add be prepared as one of like the best Disney movie or Disney songs out there. That is a really good one. And I wanted to give out a shout out to our friend, the llama for buying me a Powerline t-shirt. I would have worn it tonight if I knew that we were going to be doing this topic. And I will give him a shout out because that movie is like a close second or third on this list. So mm -hmm. it, it definitely makes the, the final four, if you will. Zach? Well, I mean, you pretty much answered for me like a dick, but uh, yeah, well, when I said Fox and the Hound at the beginning of the show and you both roasted me for it, I can't believe it. Because it's awful! It's, it's not so awful. Good. I love Fox and the Hound for some nostalgic purposes. And I'm not even going to tell you that. And when she abandoned him in the forest, I cried as a kid. So you like movies with bad mothers? Like, I mean, no. Do you have, mo do you have mommy issues? No, oh, but I mean, it's a good movie. There's a lot I mean, of Disney movies with mommy issues. Well, let me say this: so, half of them yeah. don't have mothers. I would say more than half. Bambi, yeah, I, Bambi, I can, Bambi's mom fucking died. I mean, yeah. I'll say this: I can quote just about every old Disney movie and remember things. I can only remember one quote from the movie Fox and the Hound. And that's where he says, I'm a Fox. And the dog says, I'm a hound dog. And that's it. That's I watched it movie. one time and I oh, wonder what suck. My, my alternative option was going to be the Lion King though. Okay. So. Yeah. I kind of thought that when he said that, cause I know you and I have talked about be prepared before. Cause it's such a great movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the one in Lion King too, that she sings when it's COVID, it's a baby. And she, uh, it's, it's the, the war song that, that, uh, his mom sings. I can't remember the name of it. I never saw the second one. Are you serious? Neither of you guys saw the second one. Well, it, that was I one of those straight to VHS movies. <laughs> I think it was yeah. Bride or whatever. Yeah. Although I, I, I will say that um one of my favorite uh, Disney movies is the third Aladdin movie. It's actually got some really funny jokes in it. Yeah. It's like the King of Thieves. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because one. Robin Williams was not in the second one, but he was in the third one. I don't know why mm -hmm. he wasn't in the second one, but he's in the third one and he's really funny in the third one. Like that's the only real good part about I it. I didn't even know they yeah. made two Aladdin movies. What are three? The Return of Jafar, man. Yeah. Uh, it was oh. really bad. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. great. It's it's easily the worst. It's weird because like you expect the sequel to be bad, so it was, and then you're like, okay, that makes sense. And then the third one was better. Yeah. <laughs> which is like so it's like the Packers obsession with the movie. Well, Nathaniel Hackett's obsession with the movie Goldmember, which mm. I have grown to like basically because of them. So they're very influential in my life, as you can tell. But like when it comes to the Austin Powers series, Goldmember is easily the worst of those three movies. And probably because like, it's kind of like the hangover, right? Like the hangover, they make the same jokes in all three movies. They just change the, the subject line of them. They do the and same the thing, thing in Austin. Yeah. And the same thing in Austin Powers, they make the same jokes. It's just different people or different mm -hmm. like variations of the joke. So it's not as funny. But right. that is our heavy hitter segment, guys. Be sure to let us know if there's something you want to suggest for us. I think Super Bowl week could be a lot of fun mm -hmm. for that, but we thought that would be interesting for you guys. Let's look at this Bucks game, though. I don't know if you guys have heard the storyline. It's Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. Uh, those are the two quarterbacks that are playing in this game. Two of the uh, top five quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and it's the first time they faced off in the postseason, what I want to talk to you guys about right now, Aaron, what do you think the X factor is for this Packers team to get past Tom Brady 
and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and into the Super Bowl? Um, I think it's going to be probably the offensive line. Um, obviously, that was the biggest issue that the Packers had was that their defensive front was just too powerful. And we couldn't get the run game started. And I mean, I don't know why we kept running wide when, you know, running up the middle was successful, but they've got, they're getting via back via via. I don't even know how to say it, but I don't know how effective it'll be because he hasn't played in months. But um, I think the the most important part is going to be that offensive line and, you know, getting that run game going. I think that that they do that. They can just open the game wide open. You know, it opens up the play action. And yeah, I just think they'll cruise if they can get that going. Here's the part where you guys light my mentions on fire. So as they say uh, from the rock, just bring it. I'm ready. The answer, my answer is Aaron Rodgers. And I know this game is going to be billed as the quarterbacks and, you know, the quarterback who wins is going to get all the credit. The quarterback who loses is going to get all the blame. That's just kind of how this works. And that's the nature of it. I've said several times this season, uh, the next NFC championship game that Aaron Rodgers plays well in will be the first. And that's true. No matter what way you want to slice it, uh, it's true. Last year, he hasn't been the reason that they have lost games, but he has been a reason that they have lost games. In 2016, obviously, they were outgunned. When Ladarius Gunter is covering Julio Jones and a Kyle Shanahan offense that's running at its all-time high, yeah, you're going to struggle a little bit. That said, the Packers didn't score in that game until it was 27 to nothing or 34 to nothing, one of those two. That's unacceptable, and that's something that Rodgers can control is whether or not they are putting points on the scoreboard. Last year, they didn't score until it was 27 to nothing. And he had two egregiously terrible turnovers, fumbled a snap and threw an awful interception, basically in his own end zone that essentially gifted the 49ers a free touchdown. And realistically, if Aaron Rodgers' name was Kirk Cousins, we would have said his numbers only look good because he put them up in garbage time. But because his name is Aaron Rodgers and we love him and he's one of the best ever, we made him out to be a martyr. And I understand that 2014 obviously is a comedy of errors and Aaron Rodgers is far from a re- the biggest reason they lost that game. That said did not play well through one interception that should not have counted, but the other interception he threw was egregiously bad and the red zone offense was not good. Some of that lays at his feet. I know everybody wants to blame Brandon Bostic and Morgan Burnett and Mike McCarthy and everything about that stupid fake field goal. They ran Rodgers didn't play well. You go to the NFC Championship game against the Bears. Rodgers doesn't play well. The team is fortunate enough to overcome that and win. And that's a big deal, obviously, that they were able to win that game. And Rodgers wins the MVP of the Super Bowl. So all is forgiven on that front. He can't play that way this weekend. This Tampa Bay offense is going to score points. If the Packers defense plays their best game, Tampa Bay still scores 24 points or something like that at a minimum. And that's just the way that the NFL is in 2021. Rodgers has to be in MVP form from start to finish against a very opportunistic and a good turnover forcing Tampa Bay defense. He has to play an MVP form scorched earth. Maybe not the Atlanta game from 2011 we referenced earlier, but just the level he's played all season long. And that's what he has to be. If he is what he was last year against the 49ers, they'll lose by 10 points because that's just how this game is going to work. Rodgers cannot play like that. He, to me, is the biggest reason the Packers win or lose on Sunday. And he said himself, he puts pressure on himself to succeed all the time, and he expects to play well, 
and so do we. And I think you have every reason to think he will play well. That said, if he doesn't, it's going to be a problem. And I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but this game has historically been a problem for him. And he's playing against a quarterback who say what you will, but when the money's on the table, typically not all the time, but typically Tom Brady is at his best. And I have a feeling he'll be at his best again on Sunday afternoon. Zach, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're, you're both right. And Aaron Rodgers does, he needs to be at an, maybe not an elite level, but he needs to be good. He needs to be at the same standard level he's been all season long. And to get him at that level, to get him the ball, you got to be able to slow down the Buccaneers running game, which the last couple of weeks they've hit their stride since the start of the playoffs. I mean, Going into that New Orleans game last week in the, the divisional round, they were averaging 89 rushing yards per game. But in the playoffs, last couple of weeks, I mean, it was I think it was like 127 and then 142 team rushing yards between uh, Leonard Fournette and then Ronald Jones made his return against the Saints. So they have a, a two-headed backfield right there right now that you know could give the Packers some issues. And the Packers, obviously, they have some some demons to exercise from last year's NFC championship game. So them answering that call to action right there. I mean, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be big. And then you obviously you slow down their rushing game. You force Tom Brady to kind of be a little one dimensional with, you know, with some of the, he does have some weapons out there though. So that's also dangerous in itself, but you force, you force him to kind of just, like I said, be a little one dimensional. And it's what the Packers did against the Rams last week. They weren't able to really to, slow down cam Akers. his 67 of his 90 rushing yards came in the first half but the packers they capitalized on their possessions they went field goal touchdown touchdown field goal they um they they ran 40 plays to the rams 23 in the first half so if if you could just kind of just tighten up your defense make the stops where you're able to and against the buccaneers it's going to be it's going to be in the run game that's likely what they're going to lean on in in this type of weather in this type of climate and Fournette against the Saints, I mean, he was a receiving option as well. That's the thing with these guys. They're going to be factors in the receiving game. They get five catches against the Saints. You know, it's 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 a dangerous backfield, and the Packers, they need to be able to combat that and get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands so they could take advantage of, of those possessions like they were able to do against the Rams. It's been, it's, I don't want to say it's been their philosophy, but it, it's been what they've been doing for the last, few weeks where their offense has been their best defense. They've capitalized their positions. They've built leads and they've forced teams to, to kind of implode within themselves and become one dimensional teams and stray away from what they do best. It's what they did against the Titans. They, you know, kind of eliminated Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill couldn't use play action. He was forced to be more of a drop back passer. Yeah. You, you gotta, you just gotta slow down the running game. I think it starts there for the defense specifically. That's going to be my biggest uh, X factor. And I think that's a good one as well. And you mentioned Ronald Jones, who last week, it looked like two different, completely different players when he had the ball versus Fournette. And I think Fournette is somebody the Packers actually match up really well with as a runner because that pounding running back is somebody I think they do well against. But that slasher like Ronald Jones is somebody that could potentially give them some fit. So I think slowing him down is going to be a big deal as Green Bay gets into Sunday's game as well. Guys, we're doing a special edition this week. We have to marry one. We have to have relations with one and we have to murder one. And I am going with adversaries of one Tom Brady. So we were looking back through and we realized Tom Brady has lost in three Super Bowls that he's played in 
uh, but we realized that two of them were to the same quarterback. So we did have to cheat a little bit and we added one. So I am going with the two guys he lost with in the Super Bowl, and I am adding his biggest adversary throughout his career. So Mary, fuck, kill, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Nick Foles. So Zach, I will let you lead off. Oh, come on. Man, this is tough. I think I would I think I would marry Peyton Manning. Um for no other reason other than I think he's he's one of, if not the greatest quarterback ever. And uh you know, people kinda people kinda gloss over that. They look at the greatest quarterback ever and they automatically assume I'm talking about Tom Brady, but I think I think it's you gotta give Peyton Manning his due. So I would marry him. I would, um, man, <laughs> really, you're gonna you're gonna make me choose to have relations between Nick Foles and Eli Manning. You're you're making me do that here live on this show right now. Well, I mean, you agreed to the segment, so I suppose right. you also. It's it's consensual. This Ugh. podcast was your idea. No, recruiting you two was my idea. Well, either the way. The podcast was my idea, but yeah, putting it <laughs> with the two of us was your idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... I am going to... I'm going to bone Nick Foles, and then I'm going to kill Eli Manning because of those two playoff games against the Packers. Fuck you, Eli Manning. I agree. Uh, I am going to marry Peyton Manning because I think like you mentioned, Zach, I think he's, you talk about like greatness and the greatest ever and everything. Peyton Manning to me is the best as, as far as the mastery of the quarterback position, the best ever changed the way the position was played, the doing of everything at the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. I think Peyton, if Peyton Manning was paired with Bill Belichick instead of the fraud that is Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell, he would have a fistful. Yeah. On each hand of championship rings. I think Peyton Manning is one of the, one of, if not the best quarterback that has ever played. And I think he absolutely is better than Tom Brady. Uh, so I will marry him. And I think that he, he was a great ambassador for the NFL, obviously during his time in the league, one of the most marketable players, all that's, and he stopped the bears from winning a super bowl, which thank you, God, the bears have never won a championship in my lifetime. Peyton Manning certainly earns extra points for that. I will have relations with Nick Foles because Nick Foles is the perfect one night stand, isn't he? Nick Foles' entire career is a one night stand. If you think about it, that's that's good. Yeah, he has a one season where he threw twenty seven touchdowns and two picks with Chip Kelly. He has the magic carpet ride in Philadelphia where he wins the Super Bowl, and a pseudo playoff run where he was pretty good for that Eagles team the following season, where the Bears obviously double doink him to the second round and they get a chance against the Saints to win and they don't. Uh, But everything kind of happens that way. I think he's the perfect version for that. And Eli Manning fucking sucks. Like Eli Manning is going to get into the hall of fame and he absolutely shouldn't because the first argument everybody makes for Eli Manning, like if you look back, Philip rivers just retired today of that quarterback class, Ben, Eli and Philip rivers. One of these things is not like the other. I think only one of those quarterbacks is a hall of famer and it's Ben Roethlisberger. Philip Rivers is in the Hall of Very Good, and Eli Manning is a guy who kind of fell ass backwards into two Super Bowls. And thank you, because he stopped the Patriots from going, or him and his team, I should say, stopped the Patriots from going undefeated. And 
Thank you for that. And they stopped the Patriots from winning another Super Bowl in 2011. So thank you for that. But otherwise, the only contribution that Eli Manning, there's two of them. One, the Eli Manning face, which is like that scrunched, weird, like, oh my God, like I look like a super stoner look. And the Rodney Ruxin joke from the league where Ruxin is roster baiting and he calls him a goddamn mouth-breathing dummy, which <laughs> is like the perfect description of him. But otherwise, Eli, I mean, I'm still so frustrated that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and I know QB wins and QB losses isn't a thing, but they've lost playoff games to this freaking guy. Like, he sucks. And it was infinitely more annoying in 2016 when he came to Green Bay and everybody was like, oh, Eli, all he does is come to Lambeau and win playoff games. And I'm like, we're going to kick their fucking ass. Like, they can't stop us. And Eli's not going to be able to throw the ball in that Lambeau cold anymore like he used to be able to. Eli Manning sucks. Death to him. Aaron. He, he couldn't even throw the ball at Lambeau in October earlier that year. Correct. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Aaron, please. Sorry, Aaron. Anyways, um, I'm going to agree on marrying Peyton Manning. I just think he's, he gets, he's underrated, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would not want to pick him for the one night stand. Cause I, I don't know. Sex with Peyton Manning. Just, I feel like he probably makes like some Forrest Gump noises or some shit. Like, like, you know, the, the scene where his mom has sex with the principal and he's like making all those grunting noises. That's what I feel like he sounds like in bed. Which which grunting noises? <laughs> don't. <Just Google> <laughs> don't. Please don't. <laughs> uh, uh, <no. laughs> oh. oh God. That's now who's perfect. disappointed? That was, that was Zachary. A plus. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you, I'm Manning. Let's keep it in the family. Um and uh, uh what is marrying Peyton? Right, Eli. but I mean, I, there's no, there's no um incest happening. No, but I mean, when you no. say it like that, go on. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let me fucking finish. I let you go off. Um, <laughs> wait, um <laughs> freezing. I said go off, not get off. <laughs> I mean, there's what? not much. Of a, there's not much of like a like a line there. <laughs> you gave me a chance. I took it. Oh. <sighs> Anyways, um, I'm sorry, mom. You, like I said, you're not sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to apologize. <laughs> so um, yeah, because he beat Tom Brady, and I am appreciative of that. And I am going to kill Nick Foles because I will. I refuse to. <laughs> have relations with a Chicago bear. Fuck that. I'm done. Not none of that. None of that. Absolutely not. I will say this since we got through that segment, I give both of you so much credit for not bringing up the nickname that typically follows. Agreed to fuck him. I figured I tried to ignore it, but Nonetheless, no, Zach just doesn't, doesn't matter. Still a bear is not going to enter me. None. Well, respect. All right, moving on, guys. We're at the we're running out of time here, so we're at the end of everything. It's Packers. It's Bucks. Thank it's God. Too old. <laughs> That's what every single listener, so all three of them, just said. Thank you guys for listening as long as you have. It's Packers. It's Bucks. It's two oh five. It's a Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Andrews special. And Joe Buck is the best in the business. Go argue with a wall. 
Who are you guys picking? And who is the player that swings the game in the in the team you're picking's favor? And then just at the end, who are they facing in the Super Bowl? Aaron, I'll let you go first. Um, I am going to stick with what I said um, earlier. I think I said Packers 34, Bucks 23. Um, I just think that what what does that look? No, no nothing. I just I perked up. I was surprised. That's all. Oh. Jeez. Continue. Oh, you just gave me a look. Um, and yeah, I just I, I think that the offense is going to continue to roll, um, especially in this weather. Bruce Arians is talking all this shit that the weather's not going to bother them, and I don't believe any of that. I um, hate that guy. Go on. Me too. Yeah, he's awful. I do not believe it. And even if the one person that I feel like might be okay with the weather would be Gronk, Gronk, because um, I heard like. I read earlier in the year that he was having a hard time adjusting to Tampa weather. So maybe, you know, it'll, you know, feel like old times. I don't think Brady, I think Brady, it probably won't affect him, but him and Gronk, but everybody else, they have not played in cold weather at all this season. Um, All of December, all of their games were either in domes or down South. Like there's no way that any of these guys are ready to play in this weather. So I I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it, I think it'll be close, but then in the fourth quarter, the Packers go up by eleven. So, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna face the Bills in the Super Bowl. I'm going the Bills. Let's do it. I'm, you know, the Chiefs have. I don't know. I'm just I'm not completely sold on them, and maybe it's just my heart wanting wanting the Bills to you know be the underdog. I love the underdog, but yeah, we'll go Bills. And then the player who swings the game. Oh, the player that swings the game. I I am going with Darnell Savage, a pick six on Tom Brady. Book it. Zach, who are you picking? (laughs) Jacob, please stop doing that. I'm begging. I have the Packers winning 31 to 24. And kind of. It ties into what Aaron said earlier about about the running game. I mean, going back to that first meeting on October 18th, Aaron Jones had 15 yards on 10 carries. And Jacob, like you alluded to on Twitter a few days ago, the Packers, they they kept trying to run outside the tackles. They kept trying to press to the sideline. If you try to do that against these linebackers, Levante, David, Devin White, they will chase your ass down. They will tack you at or behind the line of scrimmage. It's not going to work. They're fast. They're instinctive. They will haul ass and they will take care, they will take care of you. So it's not going to work. You run straight into the second level. You give your your interior guards and, and your center a chance to get to the second level and put a block on those guys and pave the way for you. Then you know you'll have a better opportunity. But you know Via Vea will also be there. Well, as far as we know, he he hasn't right. uh, act, he hasn't actually joined the active roster. He's been designated to return, but he missed that first matchup. He suffered the ankle injury the week before. Um, but if they can just get the running game going in any any capacity then so much of this offense that's predicated on the run game, everything stems from what they're able to do, the success that they're able to have against the run or with the run. That's going to open up so many other, uh, so many different things. Uh, the defensive backs are going to cheat up. You're going to be able to do different things against the safety, against the corners. You're going to be able to get uh, different types of motion involved. And I feel like that wasn't something they were able to do in the first meeting, you know, and it was also Devonte Adams first game back. Uh, so him going up against Carlton Davis was, was a little bit of a, it was a matchup that favor, uh, favored Davis. Now, Adams is in his stride. That's going to be something to watch. 
Uh, Alan Lazard also wasn't present for that first matchup, and he's going to be a big, um, a big component to that running game. The guy that I'm watching, I actually said, I, I actually think I, I mentioned him last week as well. It's going to be Robert Tunyon. Uh, I don't know if he'll swing the game, but he's going to have a pretty big impact that'll that'll decide, you know, a lot of the success the Packers are able to have on offense because if they're able to have any type of success on the ground, they're going to revert to that play action boot. They're going to try and, you know, get these linebackers to kind of like freeze in the middle. And that's, I mean, that's Robert Tunyon's calling card, you know, him just getting these guys, whether or not, if they're not frozen in the middle, getting them moving sideline to sideline, stretching the field. And that was what they did in the first meeting. When they moved, when they got up 10 points, those first 21 plays they had on offense, the Packers, they were distributing the ball. I mean, Equinemia St. Brown had a target. They were moving, they were moving all across, all across the board with their targets. So, uh, yeah, Robert Tunyon is my my guy that's going to swing the game, kind of. And I think they're going to play the Chiefs. I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm kind of smarter than that. Look, I I want I want the Bills. Okay, I want to see I want to see Josh Allen, you know, do some do some crazy shit, and I want to see right. Jair Alexander lock up Stephon Diggs. But oh my god, again, yeah, I want I want him to to yeah come back to his yeah F4. I want to see I want to see the clamps. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. This isn't a video show. Yeah, well, I don't want to describe what you were doing, but he was banging <laughs> the sides of his hands together to signify clamps. I'm assuming. Oh, and see, then I, I also put my hands behind his back, from, like uh, from future Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. I was thinking the. Never mind. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be Packers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The games at Lambeau Field, the Lambeau Field stigma, the mystique, everything. I have been calling it the opponent's version of hell. And as my good friend John, better known as Jigsaw, might say is once you are in hell, only the devil can help you out. And the devil doesn't come to Lambeau Field because it's God's house. And that is his vacation home. And I think the Packers win 34-24 with a big play from Kevin King. I think Kevin King is going to see a lot of targets on Sunday. I think he's going to have an opportunity to make some plays, and I think he will. He's due for something like that. He's had plenty of opportunities. He had one slip through his hands three weeks ago against Chicago. I think he'll have that opportunity again, and I think he'll make that play this time. I think the Packers are the better team. I think they're the, they've been the better team all season. I think that week six matchup has no bearing on it, and I look forward to celebrating and partying like it's 1996 all over again as the Green Bay Packers punch their ticket to Super Bowl Sunday in Tampa against the best quarterback in the world, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs because I am not betting against Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills are like our AFC brothers, and I understand that. I think there's plenty of storylines, but with as shitty as 2020 was, I feel like we almost deserve... 2021 starting out with the this version of Rodgers and Brady that we never got in the Super Bowl and having it as Rodgers against Mahomes. It'll be billed as the State Farm Bowl, which I really fucking hate that because there will be plenty of <laughs> new stupid Jake from State Farm commercials that ruin my life. But I like the Chiefs in that matchup, especially if Pat can play. 
if Mahomes can't play, then obviously I'm picking the Bills. I don't think anybody's picking right. the if Mahomes can't play, but he's going to play. Well, and, and, and I want to give a shout out to Bills fans after um, they beat the Ravens. They donated like $300,000 to like Lamar's Lamar Jackson's favorite charity. So that's partially why I'm picking them. Like I just, I, I love them. I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm in it. Between that's that and fair I just, I believe in karma. And I just refuse to believe that Antonio Brown is going to play on Super Bowl Sunday. Like I just cannot oh. fathom that being a possibility. And couple that with the Packers being a better all-around team, I think. And I think you have a 10-point victory, and we are just waving those title town towels, flying all the way to Tampa, singing green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, as the Packers get to the Super Bowl for the first time in 10 years. So we're out of time guys for this version. Be sure to check us out, rate, subscribe, review, everything like that. If this was your first time listening to the show, my, my apologies, but if you (laughs) liked it, let us know. Uh, We very much appreciate the input that we get from our fans and everything like that. Uh, We appreciate everybody listening that you have every single week. It's the Packers and the Bucks on Sunday at two Oh five central time will be kickoff. And I can't wait. The juices are flowing. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf. You can find most of my work at Game on WI and a little bit over at Packer Report as well at Packer Report 66. Be sure to check everything out over there as well. Aaron, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, H-E-R-O-O-I-N-E, heroin, um, the hero, not the drug. Uh, I also run the socials for Game On Wisconsin. So find me at Twitter on Twitter and Instagram at Game On WI. We also have TikTok, which is really exciting. Uh, and Facebook at Game On Wisconsin and YouTube at Game On Wisconsin. Uh, and also I have an article dropping every Thursday called Thirsty Thursday. Uh, I guess it'll be releasing today when you're listening to this. And it's um, a Battle of the Bays cocktail. So yeah, look out for it. And she's really is the best in the business. So if you are listening to this and need somebody to be your social media coordinator, <laughs> let me know. And I will be happy to let you know. All I'm not sure it. they're going to, they're going to approve of it after listening to this. Show. Just skip to the end of the show and just know that she has been influenced poorly by the, by us two scoundrels. And scoundrel mm-hmm. number two here is Zach Jacobson. Zach, where can we find you aside from your OnlyFans account? <laughs> well, yeah, aside from the OnlyFans account, um, which Jacob is my only subscriber at the moment. I'm looking to change that. Uh, you can find me at Packer Report. I am the reporter there, and I do so much more. Uh, and I do open book every Wednesday at Game on Wisconsin, 5 Central. Yeah, rumor has it, and we can't announce it just yet, but rumor has it you guys may have a very big guest coming on your show next week. So if once we get that confirmed, we will certainly announce that. But until then, it's the Packers and the Bucks, and hopefully we have a chance to preview a Super Bowl Uh, against either Kansas City or Buffalo. Frankly, I don't care. If Green Bay wins, bring on whoever. I'm not real worried about that. But until next time, this is the Illusion of Complexity. Thank you guys for listening. And one final time, go Pack Go.